Hey everyone, welcome to another pop culture episode of No One Is Listening. Uh, I'm Steve, and as always, I'm here with Jen. Say hi, Jen. Uh, And we have a very special guest today. We're here with uh, my girlfriend, Janelle. Say hi, Janelle. Hello. Uh, We brought her along today because we'll be talking about music, and specifically, we're going to start off uh, talking about Taylor Swift. So, um, the Grammys are this Sunday, right? Well, it's the 15th. Oh, so it's next week. I don't even know what day it is. So wait, the Grammys are the 15th? Yes. Oh, it's Monday not. after Valentine's Day. Oh, it's not. It's not this. See, I don't even know what it. Okay, see, <laughs> that leads me to like my first question, right? That leads me to my first question. Um, are, so like we've when we talk about like the Oscars and other award shows, we like kind of grade how important they are. How important are the Grammys? Because I feel like when I hear the nominations, I get like super into it. I don't know why. I just get super into it. But like, if you asked me, I couldn't name a single winner from a single year. I mean, I'm sure you know this in your head. You just can't. I can't like reach Most back of the into people it. I you know? feel like you are into have been nominated or have won Grammys. Um, but I mean, it's a good question. I think they're not straight like apples to apples comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what makes well, no. If you're in the music industry, the Grammys are your holy grail. Like, that's what you want. That's, like, the accolades that the industry is giving to you. But what's what's interesting is that there are no um, other awards leading up to it, almost. I think there oh, are right, smaller, right. like, industry awards, but you're not... Like having, the American yeah. Music Awards. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Are those Bill important? Award. But they're not... It's interesting because they're all on different timetables, and they're not, like, all, like, in one season leading up to the culmination of the Grammys. Like, I think the AMAs are, like, sometime in the spring or the summer. Like, so there's no rhyme or reason for any of that. There's no, like, Grammy season, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why I think that's maybe where, like, your question is coming from. Like, mm-hmm. there's no hoopla around, like, leading up to the Grammys. But I think for people in the industry, it's obviously a super coveted. And, like, if you win them, it's amazing. But also, sorry to be talking so much, um, the Grammys, like, you can win multiple Grammys in one night. Like, there are many photos of, like, all these yeah. like, with their, like, 20 Grammys. It's a little bit different with Oscars, right? Like, if you're a best actor, you're not also nominated for best supporting actor. Um, Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's. It's important, I guess. Um, I think we both care about it as a little bit less than we care about other things. I think I care about it way less. Yeah. <laughs> like, way less. Um, so, basically, I wanted to do this <laughs> So, you know, let's go over... Because I feel like, you know, when we're, going, when we're doing our uh, 2015 year interview, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was Taylor Swift, because I feel yeah. like she dominated that year musically. Um, here's some of the awards that she's up for she so 1989 is up for album of the year and best pop vocal album of the year blank space is up for record of the year song of the year best pop solo performance of the year and her performance of bad blood with kendrick lamar is up for best music video and best pop duo slash group performance so she's up for a lot she's up for she's she's up for for as many as kendrick lamar this year but which Seven makes is sense. A amazing number. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so, here's my first question to both of you. Right? Um, is you know what? No, 
I, so we prepped for this, and I, I said I was going to ask you a question, but another question just popped into my head. So I don't really know. I only know 1989 Taylor Swift. Is this her best album? I'm going to let the resident Taylor <laughs> Swift expert answer um, that. Is 1989? I, I don't mean, like, in terms of commercial success, just, okay. like, in terms of... From a fan. As From a fan perspective, is 1989 her best album? I don't know, because... I think her albums have just been so good. <laughs> um, they've just gotten progressively better, in my opinion. It's hard to say if 1989 is the best one because it's only been out for like a year and a half now. And I have listened, it, listened to it a lot, but it's hard for me to say. Right now, it's hard for me to say it's the best one. I think I have to wait like 10 years and then go back and see how... You know her past five albums make me feel, uh-huh. but yeah, I can't. I can't say it's the best one right now. You, you you touch on you touch on a few things, right? Which is like I feel like a lot of Taylor Swift, like her album, she almost makes them in a way where it's like you can't. Like part of the full experience of a Taylor Swift album is knowing her, knowing her personality, how it makes you feel. I mean, all art is supposed to. Um, you know, draw up some sort of emotion. But for Taylor Swift specifically, I feel as though, you know, her thing is like, this album is an extension of me. And so you can't really fully experience my music without knowing what I'm feeling, what I'm writing about. I think that's why people go crazy. Like, oh, who's Bad Blood about? You know, is it about Katy Perry? Was it about like John Mayer? Like, who's it about? Um, so yeah, but then, so Jen, what do you, what do you think? Is, is 1989 her best album? Uh, I mean, that's really hard. And I also, like, have a lot of respect for music critics because I think music is, as Janelle mentioned, like, so much about what it makes you feel. So, like, I don't really know how to judge that objectively speaking. Like, I only know, like, how I feel when I listen to things. Um, In one way, I think the longer she's making music, she gets better. And so, yeah, I think 1989 is a great album. But at the same time, 1989 is a, like, it's billed as her first true pop album. And she's not, she didn't start out being a pop artist. She started Mm. out being a country artist. So to compare, like, her discography, um, like, the albums sound different. Like, her debut album sounds different from where she ends up. Which, you know, as a true growing artist, like, you should sound different as you... Um, Mm -hmm. grow but in her case she's switched genres dramatically I mean I think personally I think it's happened over a gradual period of time and not so much like 1989 yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so it's it's kind of hard to answer that question for me personally like I I love 1989 I listen to it a lot but I also love red and I think a part of me has a lot of affection for Red, and so I think if I were to choose her favorite, like, my favorite album of hers, like, I would choose her. But that has nothing to do with, like, musically, like, sonically, right, or right, whatever. Right. It's just the way I feel about right. those particular songs yeah. on those albums. So what, I think if favorite? I had to choose, uh, so far, I would say Red. Yeah. Um, and Is that the one with Trouble? Yes. Yeah. That, that's a really um, good song. You know, in a lot of interviews, Taylor Swift has said that she was, a, like, I wouldn't go as far to say disappointed in Red, but... Mm-hmm. She's gotten a lot of, like, quote-unquote hate for it because it wasn't sonically cohesive. Mm. Um, but, yeah, how Red made me feel, 
uh, I think it, it's something that 1989 hasn't made me feel. But 1989, I think I've listened to it uh, just like on repeat for literally a year and a half now. Every, every, yeah. time, every and, time in the car, every, yeah. every damn time. And and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was talking to a, like a friend of mine who's also a Taylor Swift friend, and he said that 1989 is just such a good record to listen to in the car ride. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense why I listen to 1989 so much and why I've kind of put Red on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So would you guys be disappointed if Taylor came away with zero Grammys? Would that be like, as Taylor yes. Swift fans, would that, be, would that be disappointing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Only because I think, um, and I don't really think we're, speaking as like diehard fans who can't handle like her not winning anything or accolades or whatever but 1989 is a really good album yeah. and I think even people in the industry who are songwriters like no matter how you feel about Taylor Swift I don't think her talent is undeniable you know you may not like you may not like her image or you may not like what she's doing with her life or whatever but I think most people can agree that she writes really great songs yeah. and 1989 is a at the end of the day, it's a really well-crafted pop album. And so, I mean, there's always a chance that you're not going to win anything going into whatever, even if you have a bazillion nominations. But I'd be really surprised if she wasn't at least awarded for, like, best pop female album. I don't think anyone's, like, touchable in that. Like, right. Anyone can touch Taylor in that category in particular. But even with the big nominations, like... Yeah, I think it's going to come down to her and Kendrick and a lot of these categories. Yeah, and yeah that's, think, what it, that's what it's looking like. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll I, I think it be e- either, like, split in half or she's not going to go home empty-handed. Yeah, you I'd know? be surprised. For sure, right? For she's sure. not? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, should I bet that my year, <laughs> Probably not. But. Her Fearless album won a ton mm-hmm. when she was only, I think, 18. And to think how far 1989 has gone, like, mm-hmm. from ni- between Fearless and 1989, to think that she would go empty-handed is crazy. Like, that would just show how how the music industry has grown, mm. that she could leave empty-handed, you know? But I feel like she, she wasn't, like, going up against this freight train of To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Because that is, I think, like, critically successful. It is um, commercially Successful. Uh, well, I f- if you're going to talk commercially successful, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, but I feel as <laughs> yeah. though like it's just, I. <sighs> no, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Um, so you know, we we talk about how you know Taylor came in and um, just dominated 2015, and then when did 25 come out from Adele? Uh, I think I have it here. Early November. Yeah, November, November 20th. I feel like she just kind of came in out of nowhere and just kind of swooped in and kind of stole. Like, could it, Taylor couldn't have all of 2015 just for herself. I feel like... In all fairness, Taylor had... So around the same time that Adele's album came out late this year... Taylor's album came out in 2014. So she had a full year. Right, like a full calendar year. Full calendar year of, you know, 1989, all of that media stuff. She went on a tour, like, all over the world. Like, 89 89 shows, like, in, like, the States alone. She made $250 million off of that tour, which, 
Janelle, Steve, and I have all gone <laughs> and, like, given her the money. Yeah. Um, so, no, I actually, I don't really think that, like, Adele, like, took anything away from Taylor. Interesting. And if this is where I think you're going, like, you're yeah, 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 one yeah, yeah. woman yeah, 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 against yeah. another. Like, and I just... We do it all the time. I think there's room for more than one female pop star. You know, you know. I don't know why it has to be one versus the other. I don't know. I mean, and it's not just. And so, like, you know, we, we talked about this like, like last night. Right? Last night was the first time I mentioned. Oh, what are you thinking about Taylor versus Adele? And you were like, what, what, what about, what, it? What about <laughs> it? Like, it's non-existent. I guess you know, for me, and I. I, I I don't know why, but guys do. No, I don't want to generally say all guys, but I know a lot of guys that do this a lot. And we just, everything's always competition, not just between us, but even in our minds, we're always ranking people and we're always looking for like feuds and stuff. And so, because I remember when, when 25 came out, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, chose, she just happened to choose a time when like Taylor Swift was like, because she was touring and she was finishing up, but she was like out of the country. Right, she was like finishing up her tour overseas, and so I was in my mind. I mean, I don't know why I, my mind went this way, but I was like, "Oh, she waited until like Taylor Swift was gone, you know, like out of the country, because but waited until the end of the tour while she was still away. She didn't wait until the tour was over because then she'd be back. Yeah, but I I think maybe. I mean, who knows? Maybe like Adele doesn't even choose. Maybe it's yeah. just like I was just saying, I, who knows her why management. her management. But to be honest, like. The last Adele album was like, I don't know, like four years ago. It was a really long time ago. Because I mean, it was 21, right? Uh-huh. And so I don't necessarily know that like sh- she sat there and was like, this is the time that I can like ride this train or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think artists, sure, a lot of their decision making of when they release albums or whatever happens because of their management. But also it's it's when they feel comfortable enough to release this like piece of work that they've been yeah. working on so if that timing happens to be at the end of like I don't know Taylor Swift's like crazy year then that's what it is um but they're I mean I don't know they're both two very distinct and very different artists and they both I just don't like I but Steve so I'm not I'm not being mean about this. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you do Google like Adele versus Taylor, there's pages and pages of like different articles that have been written and like oh, really? records that, that they've broke. Like because you know people, I think people, the timing is something that like happened and people have because it's one right after another, right? Um, but again, and this goes back to years. Like it was, it's always been like this: Team Britney versus Team Christina. Like it's there's always something: Team Taylor versus Team Katie. Like. Yeah. But was there like an NSYNC Backstreet Boys thing? Was that yeah, like that? NSYNC sure. versus okay. Backstreet yeah. Boys? Okay. Um, so there, there will always be feuds, whether the artists themselves like create it and hype it up or not. But I just don't like. I just don't see the point in it. You know, I think it, like you said, it is just suspicious—not suspicious, but coincidental timing because um, you know post. Napster posts like after like the Tower Records era, right? Like you yeah. have very few albums that sell over a million copies yeah. in one week, right? So I have the list, right? I have the list of the top or the fastest selling albums in like its first week. And you have one, two, three, four, five, six 
six of the top ten before, um, or let's do seven. Seven of the top ten are pre-2006, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the only one newer than 2001 in that seven is 2005's The Massacre by 50 Cent. I can't even believe that's on this list. Um, <laughs> Good job, 50 yeah, Cent. Yeah, <laughs> so, ad- so outside of those seven, the other three are filled by Taylor Swift and Adele. Yeah. Right, so it's it's red in 2012 with 1.2, 1989 um, with one point, a little less than 1.3. And then, so in 2014, it's like Taylor Swift sells all these records, and it's like, oh, Taylor Swift is, narrative is Taylor Swift is so popular that she can overcome the whole, like, people downloading music illegally wave. Mm-hmm. She can still sell albums, that's how popular she is. Um but Adele comes along, like, just right at, just, a, like you said, only one calendar year after, and destroys all records, right? I think hers, yeah, she sold a little under 3.4, a full 1 million albums more than Second Place, which is No Strings Attached by Insane. That was 15 years ago. That was yeah. 2000. That's crazy. So I think it's more, you know... uh, I mean, people do this all the time in sports. People do this all the time in, in all facets of life. Whenever you have two people at the top of their game, you mm-hmm. can't help but compare. Maybe not so much pit them against each other, but just compare mm-hmm. the two. Um, and so I think, yeah, a lot of it, and I some some part of me wonders if they kind of do it intentionally just to like beef up their, beef up interest sure. in their albums and stuff, but... Um, but yeah, do you guys, what do you guys think of Adele in comparison to Taylor's? I don't know. I'm just, so I'm just, worth, I know, I'm just asking, I'm just asking, like, do you, th- I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking. It's just, you know, it's just a question. I, cause I, for me, right, I'm not a fan of either. Like, I enjoy both their music, yeah. right? But I'm just like, oh, like, they're, they're pretty, so no part of you. Thinks one is better than the other? Or like, I'm sure you guys probably think Taylor's is better, or not just objectively, or let's, let's just pretend even if you were to, right? No part of you, like, has any... No part of you feels competitive with, with Adele at all? Well, no? I think... But then, okay. <laughs> so Janelle's shaking her head. But I think you're just assuming that then I love Taylor Swift more than I love Adele. And that, that's actually not a true statement. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so... You know, it's hard because I, like, really do love them equally. Um mm. And I can't tell you that I like one over the other um, because I don't. I like them in different ways. I like them for the different music that they do. So this question is kind of hard because I'm just like, uh, and to be honest, I don't feel this way about everybody. Like, yeah, if you want to ask me about Team Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, I have a clear answer. Oh, interesting. I have a very clear answer. But for Taylor and Adele, like, that that competition doesn't make sense for me personally because I like both of them, you know? Oh. Um, I kind of feel the same way about Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, too. Like, oh. I just, like, I love Katy Perry's music, too. So, like, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to, like, do that Team Katy versus Team Taylor thing. But, again, I think it does depend on the artist. Um, so, yeah, I'm, like, Janelle, like, I know you're totally Team Taylor. <laughs> I'm both. I, like, I like both, and I mm. can't. Like I'm proud. 
of them equally? Okay. And can we just talk about, like, all the records that they're breaking? These are two female artists. Oh, right. That's a really good breaking point. Breaking yeah. all of these records. Right. They're and, the only females on this list. And to be really honest, like, the music industry has changed so much. And the fact that they can sell all of these albums mm-hmm. when you can buy, like, a single or, like, just... Right. It's mind-blowing to me. So I feel like what people should be talking about is how they're doing that and how awesome that is versus, like, who do you like more or, like, whatever. That's Um, a great point. That's a great point. So I don't know. That's how I feel. I think what I like about Adele and Taylor the most is that they write their own songs. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons I like Taylor so much is because she connects with her fans by writing her own songs. Mm -hmm. And it does like that too. So I, I I agree with you. It's not so much Britney, Christina, and Sync Point Backstreet Boys. I feel like they're just two female artists doing their own thing yeah. and doing it well, just expressing their like lives. And I, you know exactly what they were going through when you listen to each album. Right. Um, you know Adele names all of her albums after the age that she was when she was writing these songs although I think she said that after this one she's not going to do that anymore yeah like, that's what I what is she going to do like 47 72 like, I would love to hear the album 72 that like would my be my knees hurt and my back is me. like yeah that's really great um and so I I'd also really have a lot of respect for like artists who write their own songs because yeah. like you feel like they're like that's their real true selves mm instead of, like, being a puppet that's singing, like, somebody else's song. I don't knock people who sing other people's songs, by the way. Like, I love Britney Spears, and she does not write her own song. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those songwriters but, gotta get you know, paid. Yeah. yeah. All right, so speaking of songs, actually, um, before we move on, I was just curious, what are your favorite songs? Because 1989 has some bangers, right? And so what are, like, what are some of your favorite <laughs> Well, no, not some. What is your favorite song from 1989? Like, so here's my perspective, right? My perspective is when I heard Shake It Off for the first time, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this, 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 this is like my jam. And then I heard Out of the Woods, and I was like, oh, this is – I really liked Out of the Woods. And then I kind of stopped liking Out of the Woods because when I first heard the album, I was, like, I was like a Blank Space guy. I loved Blank Space. But for some reason, I'm like not into it anymore. anymore. And then I went back to – out of the woods, but then the, oh, what's the song I like? What's um, the what, no? All you have to do is stay. yes. So that's I, his so favorite chorus. That's that's that yeah. is. I think that and Out of My Woods are like my favorite songs. What is your favorite songs from nineteen eighty nine? Um. So I love Shake It Off, and I actually think it was like the best like um like lead single mm. that she's had. Um. And the music video is so fantastic that I... It is a yeah. pretty good music video. But I love Out of the Woods. And I know, I can't really explain why, because a lot of people, when they like talk about Out of the Woods, they like liken it to, like, you know, like, a very, like, um, like a sound from, like, the 80s. And I hate 80s music. Sorry, mm. people. But I do, like, a lot of people. I get such fun <laughs> hating 80s music. But, um... It sounds like an 80s song almost, but, like, I just, I don't know. There's something about it that, like, I love so much. Um, so I think that, I would say, like, that's my favorite song. The lyrics-wise, like, Blank Space, to me, like, for her to, like, sit there and, like, think about, like, all the stuff that, like, she gets flack for right. and, like, turn it into this, like, lyrically so smart. Such a smart song. Um, I think 
Blank Space is probably my favorite, like, song lyrics-wise, but Out of the Woods is my jam. Um, for me, I would have to narrow it down to either Blank Space or uh, I Know Places. Mm. So in the past, in her previous albums, the songs I like the most are usually because lyrically they kind of like resonate with me. Mm-hmm. But 1989 as a whole doesn't really resonate with me a lot, but mm-hmm. I do love the album and I do love her lyrics. But Blank Space and I Know Places just doesn't like apply to me at all. But I don't know what it is about like those songs that when it comes on in the car or like on the radio, I'm Turn just like, up. this is my jam. Like I need to pause everything <laughs> I'm doing and just enjoy the song. Even though if it, it's like the hundredth time I've listened to it. <laughs> But yeah, those are my favorite. I know that was a really hard thing for you to do, plus like choosing your favorite child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool, cool. Um, all right, so why don't we take a break right here? Uh, Janelle, thank you for joining us and talking about Taylor Swift and, uh, you know, just sharing some of the knowledge that you have about her. Much appreciated. Thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So we're back. I'm here with Jen. We're talking about pop culture and the Grammys next weekend. Um, so real quick, let's just you know review some of the some of the awards for the Grammys. And um, actually, can you can you do me a favor? We while we're off the air, we reviewed what the difference is between Record of the Year and Song of the Year. I think you did a pretty good job of explaining that to me. So uh, for some of our listeners, could you explain what the difference between because I think we all know what album. Of the year is, you know, it's uh, like the CD or the, yes. the, the whole album uh, itself. But what's the difference between record of the year and song of the year? So I think those three record, song, and album make up like the trifecta of the like the biggest award you can get on mm-hmm. Grammy night. So again, album of the year is very self-explanatory. Song of the year basically rewards the people who wrote the song lyrically and musically. Versus record, which has to do with the production of the song itself. So it includes the songwriters, but it also includes all of the engineers, the sound mixers, and the performer. Because the performance is obviously a big part of um, any song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like the very short answer to 
the question that Fair. you asked. Fair. Okay, so here are the nominees for Record of the Year, right? It's Really Love uh, by D'Angelo and the Vanguard. Uh, uh, wow, really? Uptown Funk, uh, Mark Ronson featuring Bruno... Oh, that's not a Bruno Mars song? Is that a Mark Ronson song? It's a Mark Ronson song, oh. and Bruno Mars is, like, the singer. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran, Blank Space, Taylor Swift, Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd. Um... I have no idea where they would where they're gonna go with this. I think I do. Um, so you know, Kendrick Lamar this year like leads mm. the nominations with eleven, and ta- that it's followed by Taylor Swift and The Weeknd at seven each. And you know, Kendrick Lamar's not in this category, so that right. automatically takes the biggest front runner out of. Oh, so you think it's one. between? So yeah, I think it's going to. Listen, I hate Uptown Funk. <laughs> it's like so overplayed, and I just never really like the song. But I think you know it has the best chance of winning um, hmm. with Taylor Swift's Blank Space. But I, I kind of think overall Taylor Swift will win this one. Mm-hmm. I can be totally wrong, and I'm not an expert in. At the Grammys. Not that I'm the expert, like, for the Oscars either, but I feel, like, better about my predictions mm-hmm. for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is the category that Taylor Swift will win. And that would be fine by me, because yeah. I really love Blank Space. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the only song here that I that I really like. I, I can't stand Can't Feel My Face oh, by the right. weekend. I love that song. I, I can't. I can't stand that. Uh, well, I can't stand a lot of music, though. But Okay, so uh, Album of the Year is Sound and Color by Alabama Shakes. Uh, to Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar, Traveler, Chris Stapleton, 1989, Taylor Swift, Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd. The Weeknd. I, think, I think this is a, a two-horse race. Mm-hmm. It's either I think it's either 1989 or To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, I could see another one winning just because I've seen the Grammys do really crazy things before. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think those are the two most almost like zeitgeisty albums here. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's it'll be between To Pimp a Butterfly in 1989. But I kind of think that this is also the category where like those votes need split. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And if that happens, I actually think Alabama Shakes has a really good chance of winning this. I mean, I've I've heard rumblings Mm -hmm. of that. You know, you hear a lot of people say that they think, uh, you know, Alabama Shakes could kind of come in and and steal the award because To Pimp a Butterfly in 1989, like, those votes are kind of going to cannibalize each other. Um, Yeah, but I think, sorry, Chris Stapleton, you're... Or even like the weekend, like I'd I'd really be shocked if either of those two won. Yeah, but I, let's not like just because you and I don't listen to like country music. I mean, it's, fair. it's still a very strong. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, it's genre. happened before, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's happened, and like I've, I wouldn't be surprised either. But yeah, I think this is going to come down to Kendrick or Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for song of the year, we have "All Right," uh, Kendrick Lamar. Blank Space, uh, Taylor Swift, Girl Crush, uh, Little Big Town, See You Again. Your favorite? I I love this song. (laughs) Uh, See You Again uh, with Khalifa and Thinking Out Loud with with Ed Sheeran. Um, I think this is the one where Ed Sheeran could kind of swoop in and 
and steal it. I feel like I I hate that song too. I don't like thinking out loud, but for some reason it gets like so much love. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are always talking about how talented this guy is, and I mean, not that he's not. I think he's talented. No, he's talented. He's talented. I just, you know, I I just feel it's like nothing I haven't seen before. You know. Yeah. Um. You know what I would love to see happen in this category? See you again win. That would if 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 it wins song of the year, and it's. And then it's like, hey, Oscars, why didn't you nominate this song? Yeah. If Ah, see, if they had just nominated it for the song of the... Is that what the category is for the Oscars, too? Is it mm-hmm. song of the year? Mm-hmm. If it, well, I mean, it's best original song for a movie. Best, okay, yeah. okay. But, man, see, that would that would have been the best. But I think Blank Space is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so, no... So, Kendrick Lamar is no shot no, with no, this no, one. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. Oh, but, okay. um... To be honest, like, if you're not into, like, hip-hop, I just don't think that you would have heard All Right. Uh, Whereas I feel like Blank Space kind of permeated, like, the radio in all sort of different ways. So, and, like, the talk around about 1989 in general. Um, But, you know, this is the thing. Like, once you get really, really famous or, like, what you get talked about so much, there after a certain point there is like the backlash and the fatigue mm. and this might work against Taylor mm. right like she's ridden this wave and it's bound to like kind of come down or like whatever so I I mean I kind of think that 19 or Blank Space will win this one but I don't know uh, you never know yeah I think that's that's part of what is so frustrating I think for me about the Grammys, which is there's like it's like so inconsistent. Like I feel like it doesn't always. At least with the Oscars, you know, even if it's like a flawed process, and even if it's like flawed voting, even if like the wrong people or wrong movies. I mean, I, there's no such thing as wrong. I guess it's subjective, but like um, when it doesn't take like the, it doesn't follow like the consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, you can at least know that they're consistent in how they don't follow along with. The consensus. I feel like with the Grammy, if you go back, like every year it's just like a crapshoot. Yeah. You know, every like, year they're trying to do something different or say something different. Yeah, and like even best new artists, like some of the people, I feel like there's a curse actually. Mm. Like if I was a new artist, like I wouldn't want to win this because a lot of the best new artists, like it's kind of a puzzling choice, or they win and then they just don't live up to that potential. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah, I don't really have a good example for you, but, uh, yeah, so, like, I don't know. I think that's kind of also another reason why we're not, like, as into the Grammys as right. whatever. Um, before, I have a question for you, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. before we move on from that, like, I do want to point out that Adele is not in any of these nominations. This oh, year. yeah, I asked and, you about that last yeah, time, Yeah, right? and that's because her album didn't make the cutoff time. Um, um, I forget when that is, but her album came out after like, the eligibility period for this year. But when we do this again a year from now, I imagine that she'll be, like, 14 nominations or whatever. Think so? Yeah, I mean, I think so. But you never know. You never know. But I think I think it, we'll be talking about Adele a lot this time next year, uh-huh. which is just weird because it's, like, a full year after. Yeah, I mean... So, like, even that momentum. But it's Adele. Like, I feel like she always, like, has some sort of momentum, even if she's not doing anything mm-hmm. um, super active. So, 
that's the only reason why Adele's not in this mix. Um, do you have anything else? No, I mean, I guess you know, my skepticism to that wasn't because I don't think 25 is a fantastic album. It was more like, oh, like, is there not going to be enough music between now and then to make people forget mm-hmm. about 25? Because I feel like that happens a lot in, you know, in other forms of media. Yeah. You know, like in TV or movies or, or whatever. Um, what You kind of forget because there's so much content yeah, I Out mean, there. we talked about this, right? Like, movie studios oftentimes release, save releases yeah. that they want, you know... They so it's, want like, fresh in your mind. Yeah, so, no, I get that. But, you know, applying that logic, uh, Taylor Swift missed the cutoff time for, like, the 2015 Grammys, and a oh, full year God. later we're, we're talking about it. So I, I think good music or will stick like stick and stay and especially with her breaking all of these records right, right out of the right. gate like That's I true. have a hard time believing that you know she won't be in the mix next year no matter what her competition is yeah her competition okay. may be Kanye which kind of actually leads me to my questions that I wanted to ask go you. for it let's um, do it I think we can stop talking about the Grammys let's, now right let's do it um so Kendrick Lamar 11 Grammy nominations. Yep. Kind of awesome, right? So happy. So happy. Do you think he's the best rapper? I think. Or hip hop artist now? I think there's. I saw this this on a Facebook post once, right? Which. No, no, no. It wasn't a Facebook post. I had someone ask me, oh, who's like. Who do you think the best rapper is, right? And. uh, I, I think that's a really complicated question mm-hmm. because I think there are multiple layers of being a rapper. There's, you know, there are lyricists, you know, who has, it's you know, some people are great lyricists, some people are great um, performers, some people are, um, you know, great innovators of, of music. And so I think there's like a consensus that Kendrick Lamar is the best uh lyricist right he you, do you remember when meek mill had that feud with with drake and uh essentially th- what the feud was is meek mill accused drake of having ghostwriters. Mm, yes and drake got really upset and released two tracks like two j- diss tracks on meek mill and i don't but know how wh- do you prove that somebody else wrote those diss yeah tracks? exact oh i you know i think it was because like he did them overnight oh, okay. like like so meek mill said something at, like, a concert or he tweeted something, and the following morning, Drake had released it, like, from his, like, home studio yeah. or something. Um, but I, for me, I was like, this isn't a big deal because, like, if Drake has a ghostwriter, uh-huh. that doesn't change what I think about Drake. But if you were to tell me Kendrick Lamar had a ghostwriter, that would change everything. Wait. That I think about Kendrick so, Lamar. Sorry, so you know Drake having a ghostwriter doesn't change anything for you in your mind because you don't particularly think Drake's talented. No, oh, or like you don't like him. No, 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 I think so. I'm so glad you asked that. Drake is the biggest rapper in the world, and I don't think that is even debatable right now. I, I'm not saying he's my favorite. I'm not saying he's the best. I, nothing, but in terms of just popularity, in yeah. terms of Everything that he does or everything that he um, 
every song that he collaborates with someone on is always fire. Mm-hmm. And it is always super popular. And he's, um, despite himself, supremely popular, even on the internet, especially on Twitter. You know, when, what's that a music video that came out that everyone was making memes of? Hotline Blank. Hotline Blank, yeah. You know, like, he, everything he does is so fantastic. And for a lesser artist, yeah. someone who isn't, for someone who's less popular, a meme like that can destroy your song. Like, you're a horrible dancer. Yeah, or, you know, it, you know, people are ragging on him. Yeah. But for him, it's almost like... It adds people fuel aren't, to the Yeah, fire. no one's like... It's almost like people aren't laughing at him. They're laughing with him. Right. And it's perpetuating right. his popularity. So he is, I think, by far the biggest rapper in the world. The most popular one. I think Kendrick Lamar is the most talented in terms of lyrics, in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, the god of rap, Kanye West. Uh, I was like, Jay-Z? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, maybe maybe like 15 years ago. No, I mean, not the god of rap. For me, Kanye West is, um, he's, he's not the biggest, you know, he's not the most talented. Like, he's, sometimes when he raps, I'm just like, oh, like, what? What are you even saying? You know, or like, yeah. or like, I'm just like that doesn't even sound good. But when I think of uh, when I think of like hip hop, when I think of rap, um, it's it parallels a lot with me with country music, surprisingly. Which is, uh, I feel like rap and country music are the two genres that are the best at telling stories mm-hmm. and conveying yeah. emotions. You know. Um, I think those are the two genres that, and and part of it is like I've is so random, but like Blake Shelton says it a lot in the voice. He's like, "Oh, you're so good at telling stories, and country music is all about telling stories." And that's how he like gets people to go on a scene. But you know, I, I really do think with country music and rap music, um, those are the two genres that are the best at telling stories, yeah. right? Um, and I don't think there's a better storyteller than, than Kanye. Kanye West because. Um, he says crazy things, and he is a crazy man. But there's something almost intoxicating about, regardless of whether or not he is the things he says he is, mm-hmm. hearing what he has to say. So it doesn't matter if he's the voice of a generation. It doesn't matter if he is this, like the modern day Da Vinci, like he says. I, no, that is clearly not true. But what is awesome is listening to a man who thinks he is and almost by and he believes it, he he that's the know? thing that's the yeah. craziest thing is that he actually believes that I don't think anyone in the world believes the things that he says but because he believes it so passionately and it comes through in his music mm-hmm. you can't help but be drawn into that and you know because of that, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, it happens a lot. Like, I don't think he's the voice of a generation, but with every album, with every single that comes out, it makes me think it's less and less crazy. But that, that in, the fact that he can do that to me is crazy. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, you know, I don't, I, I'm a pretty skeptical guy, just like, by nature and I don't when people say like bombastic things about themselves it makes me kind of like give them a side eye but with every album that comes out of his it's you know you know it's great um you know we talked before about like Adele like um you know she said 
after 25, that's the last album she's going to do with, uh, with numbers, right? And I feel like with, with artists, it's hard because your first album is an anthology of everything you've gone through, everything you've felt, everything you've ever thought between conception and whenever you release that first album. And so everyone's first album is almost always their best. Mm -hmm. And the second album is always the hardest because you've had, you know, 20 years to write album number one. Yeah. You have like 18 months to write album number two. Yeah. Uh, And somehow Kanye West, because he's out of his mind, Uh always has something to say. And that, you know, you mentioned Jay-Z before, and I think that's the problem with Jay-Z. After a while, um, no one cared what he had to say. Is that true? I, I think so. You take a look at, what was his last album, the one that started off with the Justin Timberlake song? God, I know the cover. It's like gold. <laughs> I don't remember the title. Magna Carta. Yes. yes Magna yes. Carta, right? That was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite like Jay-Z album of and all time. even the one before that, the one, everyone forgets this, Kingdom Come was right before Watch the Throne. So Watch the Thrones is the one that he did with Kanye West. It was yeah. their 50-50 album, right? Yeah. Before that was Kingdom Come, and that one was equally atrocious. Because after a while, all he has to say, his perspective is not that of like a hustler, it's not that of someone who's like up and coming, it's that of like a media mogul. Who cares? Right, like who cares what he has to say? In yeah, like, in know, Cuba. Yeah. Right? I or mean like you who? have your private yacht, and you're married to exactly. like the most beautiful woman, or whatever, like... So it's a little bit like you're out of touch now. Exactly. Um, I have a question. Uh-huh. So I think with hip-hop more than anything or any genre, like, it is very much about how, like, how do I word this? How true the artist is to his craft, to the music. Yeah, right? yeah. So, like, you have someone like Kendrick Lamar, like, he's... Like, he doesn't do other... Not that I know of. He doesn't... He's not, like, pursuing, like... Other interests. Other interests, right? I think part of the thing that gets Drake the most flack is that he started off on a teenage soap opera. Was it called Edgemont? No, no, no. No. Degrassi. Degrassi, Degrassi. Um, And so it's like, dude, like, you're a child actor, and now you're, like, all, like, hard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Kanye. Like, obviously, he started off, like... He's been shot. He's like, right? Is that not him? Is I don't. That Fifty Cent. Oh my that's, gosh. That's Fifty Cent. Yeah. No, Kanye. No, Kanye, Kanye definitely. No, he's car accident. Car accident. He was in a like, car his accident. His jaw was like wire shut. His jaw like, so through the wire. That's yeah. that was the yeah, basic yeah. through the wire. Um. But his life is drastically different now. Yeah. Oh, for he sure. He dabbles in fashion. He is married to the most media seeking person right right Kim right kardashian he basically is part of like the keeping up with the kardashian like so if you're gonna say all of that about jay-z right yeah, like yeah, yeah what do you have to say that like can speak to anything like true yeah 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 yeah, yeah. kanye like what are what are you gonna rap about that you can't that find is, the perfect wood for your like perfect furniture fantastic in your, question you know what i mean yes so yes how absolutely get, get away with that and you can say that about jay-z i'm not I'm yeah, not yeah no, no no that is that is a great question and here's the difference right with with jay-z um after a while he has nothing interesting to say mm-hmm. right but with kanye he always has a chip on his shoulder 
he always has he always has something to prove, right? And in why the, to who to to everyone to everyone? No, I think he really believes he's the only one that believes in himself, and no one else believes in him except for even even if his record sales and all of this stuff all of like, that because otherwise yes because so check it out right so in the beginning his thing was you know all, he was a producer he'd always make these uh these like bangers for other rappers to rap over and he was like you know i can do this too like why can't i do this you know i'm getting paid you know a marginal amount compared to everyone else i'm producing these tracks i'm making these beats and they're just rapping over you know why i can do both mm-hmm. um so in the beginning his whole thing was you know i i want to prove that i can be a rapper I can prove that I can be a rapper. And then, so he comes out with college dropout, you know, late registration, graduation. And then after that, um, he's like, oh, I don't want to be just one of a bunch of people. Like, I want to be ahead of the curve. You know, I want to prove that I'm a genius. And he makes 808s and Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I I was one of those people that was like, yo, this, this sucks. Like, I... What is this? You know, but it's interesting because I firmly believe if there's no 808s and Heartbreak, like there's no Drake. You know, if you if you go back and listen to 808s and Heartbreak, that is like 10 years ahead of its time. You know, it just wasn't appreciated. It just wasn't appreciated when it when it, when it came out. Um, and so, you know, at first, so he's proven, you know, I'm a rapper. I have a few albums underneath my belt. Um but now I want to prove that I'm, like, the best in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, so he comes out with, you know, 808s and Heartbreak. And he comes out with... And, you know, he's doing this stuff. Like, I remember uh, the first time I listened to, um, uh, you know, Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, he always has this chip on his shoulder. So then, you know, the new chip on the shoulder is, you know, oh, like, um, look what I can do. Look what I can achieve when I collaborate with others. Because I feel like every al- every track on that album is like, you know, he's got Pusha T on there. He's got all these different people collaborating with him on all these different tracks. And he's showing, uh, like, if you give me the tools, I can be the best. I am a genius. I'm going to prove to you that I'm a genius, that I can work with anybody and everybody. And then, uh, you know, he meets Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, he's got something else to prove. You know, I think with... with uh, with Yeezus, that's his next 808s and Heartbreak. Like, I think it, that was one album where the uh, public response and the critical response were very different, but it was the other way around. Usually there are a lot of albums or even movies, TV shows, whatever, where critics don't like it, but for some reason it, it shoots off in, in popularity. But Yeezus was one where critics loved it, but not a lot of people bought it. Not a lot of people listened to it. And it's going to be one of those things where, you know, in 10, 15 years, like, we're going to hear, I think, we're going to hear a lot of music that sounds like Yeezus. Did he do a lot of, like, press and promotional stuff for Yeezus? No. No, I, he did some SNL that, stuff. Do you think that contributes to that? Yeah, you know, I think he really views himself as an artist, and he not, boy. yeah, he's not about, you know... Um, Going on live with Kelly and Michael? Yeah, he's like, not oh, about making money yeah. for other people. He's about, you know, he really thinks... Uh, his stuff is 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 art in the truest sense, or in the most old fashioned sense of the word. So he just wants people to appreciate. It. And I think you know his, his new chip on his shoulders. You know, I'm not just an artist. You know, I'm not just um, you know a rapper. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm 
I'm this generation's Leonardo da Vinci. I can do everything. I can do fashion. I can do, art. you know, art. I can do, you know, anything and everything. And um, I think, you know, he, that's that's the difference. You know, Jay-Z is nothing. He doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. He's trying to get into that old money club. Yeah. And I think he's just trying to promote his brand. He's yeah. become a salesman. You know, I, I think, and, you know, um, like, don't kill me on this. I think... It's the same reason why, you know, Justin Timberlake's last album wasn't so great. I think, you know, Justin Timberlake, Jay-Z, those are two guys that they're done being creative. You know, they're done pushing the envelope. They're done trying to prove a point. They're done trying to tell a story. All they're trying to do is promote their personal brands, which, you know, is, you know, technically, I think financially is the right move. You know, I don't think the stuff that Kanye does is, is best for him financially but it's the best for him creatively and artistically and i think that's why it's crazy to think that he's st- he still has something to say because i think the only way you can still have something to say after all those years and after all those albums exactly. is if you're if you're out of your mind <gasps> you know and i yeah. think he's out of his mind and i think not like completely out of his mind like not like insane asylum out of his mind but just a little off for your like like really? Like are you yeah, what did, what did he just say? And I just there's something about that that I love because he doesn't and I don't think this is intentional. I think it's because he's a little unaware, yeah. but he can't hide the fact that he's imperfect. And as imperfect as an imperfect person myself, something about that resonates with me and something about that makes me want to listen to him. Very interesting take. I think I kind of li- disagree with you a little bit about what you just said about Jay Z and Justin Timberlake. Uh-huh. I love Jay Z. Um, I'm not like the biggest Justin Timberlake fan, but you know, I I don't I don't think it's quite correct to say that either of them are done being creative. I just think their creative outlets, like the source of their creative outlets, are in different places now. Fair. You know, Justin Fair. Timberlake has like taken up like acting or like whatever, and that's kind of where moving towards and I, I do agree that both of them are now more about like selling their personal brand versus anything else but you know like I don't I yeah okay that was a little yeah. harsh fair fair <laughs> that was a little harsh that was a little harsh so yeah but. because well you know what it's because especially with Jay-Z growing up he he had so much to say and I remember like if like the Black Album the Black Album that is, is still that yeah. is still like one of my favorite yep. Um, I still to this day listen to public service announcements. I do too. Just like random, I'll randomly like just put PSA on, and I'll just like I'll just like rock to that song. I mean, when we go out, like you know, when a group of us go out, and I hear that song, I still go out of my mind yeah. when I yeah. hear PSA yeah. or any. I mean, they don't really play anything else from Black Album, really. Yeah. I play December Fourth, like on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> December Fourth, just as an homage, but like, yeah. Yeah, you know, or, or, I mean, I guess they still play, like, Dirt Off Your Shoulder. Like, yeah, they played yeah, that last yeah, night, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, whenever I hear PSA, like, whether it's the radio or in the club, like, yeah, I go out I of my mind. Yeah. And I guess, you know, for me, it's like Kanye West is still pushing the envelope. Like, it's highs and lows with him, right? Like, not every song that comes out. Like, what the song he came out with, Rihanna, four or five seconds? Remember that? But to me, Hot garbage. Yeah, I mean, to me, that wasn't anything other than, like, I almost felt like was it like a promotional song of some sort? Like I just that was you think the it was most just like random thing. Wasn't Bono involved? Like Paul McCartney. Same people. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> Paul McCartney. Like I just like to me like that was like kind of like this 
doesn't further anyone's career in any way. Like it just oh, for was sure, like for sure. kind of just one of those like throwaway, like I still exist kind of thing. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like whatever. Yeah. So for me, it's like you know he's still pushing the envelope. He's still uh, like you said, he's got that creative source material, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like because he's wired a certain way, um, I don't know if it'll always be he'll always be like this but i mean there are no signs of slowing down because he's i I really do think he's crazy a little crazy but in like a good way in a in a way that is good for him as an artist um do you think that because like i don't know like i guess like when i listen to like hip-hop or rap like I don't necessarily pay attention to the lyrics, which is the whole point of, right? Like, I like the beats of songs. So, like, I'm just like, what was he saying? Um, so, like, you know how we were saying before, like, 25 represents Adele at 25, mm-hmm. 21 represents her. Or, like, 1989, like, was about these relationships with Taylor Swift, whereas, like, speaking out was whatever. So, um, in each album that he releases, like, is it, like, that phase of his life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I'm taking a look at his, like, discography right and so you know when so when you take a look at waves right two of the uh two of the songs on the track list right are called real friends and another one is called no more parties in la Mm -hmm. and you know to your point it's like he's married to this the most notorious person in all of media right on reality tv all that stuff right and when you listen to so I've listened to to these two because he released it on SoundCloud, and you can tell like he's wrestling with a lot of these things, a lot of the things that we would assume a normal person would wrestle with. You know, he's married to a famous person. His kids are famous. Mm-hmm. Their names are like debated about, and you know the things that he's struggling with and going through is you know, you know I'm I'm this kid from Chicago, from like the South Side of Chicago. And I'm hanging out in in Hollywood and yeah. in, in LA, and you know um, who who are my real friends? Like you know people, you know I've gotten to a stage of celebrity where when people look at me, they I can tell that they want something from me, mm-hmm. you know. And especially with um, so he released another song called Facts, and it's about how you know I think uh, did you ever see his um his like radio interview when he went off on sway no because i don't like watching things that make me uncomfortable <laughs> oh <laughs> uh so but i heard i heard about yeah it. so i mean you know his chip on his shoulder is like oh like um the man is keeping me down right and for him it's in particular it's like the the old money white man you know so that's why he works with adidas because he felt like nike really did him wrong mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and he kind of takes credit for the whole um, like retro Jordan movement. You know, uh, so for those of you who don't know, like retro Jordans is when Nike re-releases old Jordans in like different colors and different schemes and stuff. And because he was rocking old Jordans, but not to play basketball in, just like recreationally right. for leisure. And then Nike was like, oh. Um, let's re-release these shoes so people will want to buy them and they will also in turn not buy them for basketball purposes but just for leisure so they can have them Uh, you know so like in a way Nike that starts off as like an athletic brand is you know part of it is like a urban luxury brand Mm -hmm. 
almost. Um, and his new chip on his shoulder is like, you know, the the old money white man is keeping me down. And this is the next glass ceiling that I have to break through. The first one was I'm not a real rapper.